morning everybody and a very warm and hearty welcome to each of you to our morning service at Kirkliston Parish Church. We are now very much into the swing of things. We know that many of you are joining us online as well. Some of you will even listen to this maybe later today, which is Sunday or maybe later in the week. Um, some of our listeners also listen to the Spotify cast that we have that goes live on a Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, um, then you don't have to stay into my face the whole time as you listen to the sermon and walk your dog. Friends, it brings me great joy to greet you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Followers of Jesus know him well enough to recognize where he is alive and moving in our day. Can we identify the face of Christ when he shows it to us? If he appeared to you today or in this week, would you recognize him? For this very reason, I am so excited to share with you our new sermon series entitled Sensing Jesus through our senses. Over the course of the next six weeks, we'll study scripture passages focusing on human senses and how they assist us in connecting with God. The root L-I-G, lig, in the word religion means to pay attention. God asks nothing but attention, opening oneself up to attention. The heart of prayer is loving attention to God. And so God reaches out to us through our senses, through our smell and through our sight and through our hearing and our touch and our taste. And we know this to be true. Even as we watch telly, um, we experience this. Any British Bake Off fans out there? Yes, quite a few of you. Anyone watch Strictly Come Dancing last night? Okay, a bit more passionate about that. It's as if you can sometimes smell or taste the food that's being prepared, the cakes that's being baked. Or you can feel like you can samba or along or cha-cha or jive with the contestants and the celebrities. It's as if these things come alive when they are portrayed in a very special way to us. And that is my hope for us as well as a church, as Kirkliston Parish Church, that in the way that we share life, we have our own personal bake-offs or dances that people will experience the all-encompassing love of Christ through us and through our aromas. So today we are going to pay special attention to smell. It's quite obvious my favorite smell is the smell of coffee, like many of you. So last year, during the first lockdown, when I was still an associate minister at Camden Parish Church, I was placed on furlough, and um, I got so bored by day three, I registered a company called Reverence Roast, and I started to roast my own coffee. And at that stage, Suzanne bought me a book, and this is called How to Make coffee and gives you all the history behind coffee 
And I just want to read you this one note where it talks about Turkish coffee here. And it says, Coffee was introduced to Turkey in the late 15th century and became an immensely popular beverage. So much so, Turkish law stated, listen to this, that a woman could divorce her husband if he did not provide her with a daily quota of coffee. Should we bring that back? Maybe, maybe not. So I just want to quickly take you through a few pictures, the process of, of getting to the point where we can enjoy an incredible cup of coffee such as this. Many of us, I think, realize that this comes from the earth. We're very grateful for that. So it starts off with a small shrub, a bush, a, a tree called a coffee tree, and it's the actually the seed of these cherry um, fruits that they take out of the fruit and then they roast it at a certain temperature in the picture that you can see there in quite bulk and then it's crushed and grinded and the coarseness um, of the bean at the end determines what you use to put it in so this is a, a traditional mocha pot some of you use it at home as well some of you like the French press, or maybe you like the AeroPress, which is my favorite. And then you need to add heat. And then you've got an incredible cup of coffee. There's not much you can do with one coffee bean, am I right? You can maybe cover it with chocolate and eat it and tell yourself it's nice, but it will taste better. I can promise you that. But a lot of coffee beans together crushed and then put and exposed to boiling water can create an incredible aroma and fragrance. I think we are like coffee beans. They didn't have coffee way back in the first century. Maybe if they did, I think Paul would have used this analogy as well. But he uses the analogy of a body with different parts working together for God's kingdom, working in unison to share the good news of the gospel. Why do many of us like coffee? Is it that caffeine? Probably. But I'm sure there's a much deeper, bottomless explanation. And I think it has to do with your sense of smell, linked to unlocking memories. Friends, your nose is incredible. I read this morning that you have more than six million odor-detecting cells. Dogs have something like 220 million, so we're not quite there yet. But it's the first sense that develops in a baby, is the sense of smell. It says a smell is the only sense where your brain connects directly with the outside world. Your nose is directly connected to your limbic system. That is why smell is an open sesame to memories it unlocks your brain's memory board and secret storage compartments that you even forgot you had. Have you ever had a whiff, a smell, and then instantaneously you're reminded of something? Maybe your pet dog or something about your nana or your papa. The smell of a, of a burning fire always reminds me of barbecues by the sea on the Cape Town coast during summer holidays. In the same way, coffee reminds me 
of early mornings at a waterhole in the Kruger National Park, waiting for the appearance of a lion or a leopard. I'm also reminded of late night studies trying to deciphering Greek and Hebrew, not the most pleasant memories I'm sure you can relate. In-depth conversations with friends, those of you who join Life Group or that considers joining Alpha will know. Smells, aromas, fragrances, draw pictures. There is thus a, a connection between smells and emotions. Some researchers contend that 75% of the emotions we generate are affected by smell. Now, Paul knew this. This is why he uses this metaphor in our passage. He's reminding his audience, his listeners, of the fragrance of love. He's asking his audience, do you carry the scent, the smell of Jesus? Or do you reek of lifeless pessimism and hatred? What do people experience when they rub shoulders with you? Forgiveness, mercy, hospitality? Or do people pick something up of negativity and, and coldness and foulness? Friends, do our saints really matter? Do they have an impact? But of course, Let's look at some of the imagery Paul uses further to explain this. He says in verse 14, But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession, in Christ, through us, spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. I wasn't sure about this triumphal procession, so I did a bit of reading on it. So, when a Roman general returned victorious from a battle, after gaining new lands and capturing its citizens, he would be met with a great procession, a parade at the main gate in Rome. Gold chariot, lots of music, flags waving. Large crowds of people would throw flowers on the road. As the parade trampled over them, their scent would be released into the air. They would also burn cinnamon for their gods as they marched to the temple of Jupiter where they would offer further sacrifices in honor of their victory. Everyone in the parade knew what these aromas meant as they were whisked up into the air. They meant victory and celebration and life for some. But for others, it meant loss and death and destruction. So this imagery is striking. It was a familiar picture unlocking familiar smells. But then he alters the story ever so slightly. He's saying, well, we are all like the captured being led to the slaughter by our sin and rebellion. We are solely responsible for our actions or lack of actions. Caught and and handcuffed, we are doomed as the smell of death enters our nostrils. But instead of killing us, Jesus allowed us to kill Him. And in the process, ridding us of our odor and giving us the fragrance of life, of Him, 
of Christ. A heavenly perfume. Perfume meaning literally that which enters the nostrils. Have you ever been to someone's house or gave someone a hug and then after that realizing, oh wait a minute, I actually smell like this person now. I've picked up on his or her scent. This is a language that's very familiar to the Jewish readers. They read the Old Testament. They knew that God could smell. A personal God that could smell. So they are aware of all these rituals and customs of burnt offerings. On 16 different occasions in the book of Leviticus, the word aroma is mentioned as something that is pleasing to the Lord, especially the aroma of a sacrifice. In the Old Testament times, if you sinned, you transgressed, you would take an unblemished one-year-old without defect lamb, goat, calf or lamb to the priest and they would offer this for the remuneration of your sins. All is forgiven, but temporarily. It was never enough. The fragrances and aromas and smells would never fully satisfy God until Jesus. The New Testament reveals Jesus as the final sacrifice for our sin. Christ gave Himself for us, laid Himself out onto the floor like those rose petals and flower petals to be trampled on as the final and perfect Lamb for the atonement of all human sin. Jesus was the only one able to provide the eternally pleasing sacrifice and aroma. Where does that leave us? How should we go from here? We should smell like Christ. We should smell like Christ. For the record, I don't necessarily think people back in the day in the first century smelled always good. It was warm in the promised land. Even in winter, it gets quite hot. People didn't bath as much as they do today. Jesus walked many miles every day and spent time with people that are on the fringe, the poor and the needy, rubbing shoulders with them, hanging out with the less fortunate. And my question is, shouldn't we do a lot of that as well? I saw a picture this week that I'm still trying to figure out what this picture did to me. And maybe you saw it as well in the news. And I saw a comparison between this picture and slavery that was abolished a few decades, 100 years ago. And um, there's a quote that says, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I was looking at this picture and this video of, of a lot of migrants from Haiti trying to go into the U.S., passing through Mexico and thinking, wow, as humanity, as a human race, we still need to go a fair bit to spread this fragrance. If we allow ourselves to do this to other human beings that are in need, literally whipping people to return to where they come from. I think we need to do a lot of self-examination 
and ask ourselves if we really, honestly, sincerely carry the saint of Jesus Christ. And so it's a lot easier to look at other countries like the U.S., or places in Europe that neglect the needs of others. But how do we respond to this in our current context, in the community that we are in right here? Are we willing to lay down our lives, like Jesus, for others to trample on? And if they do, what saint do we release? What aroma do people pick up on? If people think of Kirk Liston Parish Church and they walk past you and they pick up the smells. What comes to mind when they think of us? What saint is released? What do we leave behind when we rub shoulders with people that don't necessarily connect with us on a weekly, monthly, or even annual basis? I want you to take this coffee bean and I want you to put it somewhere this week on your table in your kitchen somewhere where you can see it and I want you to be reminded of this fact that this coffee bean is only significant the moment it's crushed the moment it's grinded into something powdery and when heat is applied so that the aromas and the taste can be released maybe we should be broken more there's a song by a, a Christian band that speaks of, of singing God's praises, Hosanna, and in one of the bridges it sings, Break my heart for what breaks yours. May God break your heart this week for what breaks his, so that the aromas can release, and so that people can taste the sweet love and grace of Jesus Christ through your life. May that be true for you. Amen. Father, we thank you for this gift of smell. Thank you that it unlocks so many memories for us. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to become more and more aware of your presence in our lives. Father, we look to our community and we see the needs and the shortages. And we know that you are the solution to many of these problems people are facing. So my prayer simply this morning is, Lord, that you will use us in this week to permeate through this community so that people will look to you and honor you and glorify you when they pick up on the saint of Jesus Christ, in whatever shape or form that may be. When in this week we drink coffee, as we usually do, may you remind us of that, Lord. May we share our lives with others. May we share our cup of coffees with others. May we draw them closer to you as you draw closer to us. In Jesus' name. May you be broken for God's purposes in this week. May the fragrances that's released bring a great aroma to those around you. And may you yourself be blessed in the process. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you 
and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen.